You heard Jimmy Hill's story, but how did it strike you? Did it sound strange? You know, that's what being born again really looks like. It was supernatural, but it isn't strange. You have new desires. The, you know, the world looks different. You have an interest in God's Word. You have a love for God Himself and a love for His people. This change happens when you're born again. You know, today I conclude this series called Just So You Know. And these messages were designed specifically to enable each of us to confirm our faith. The theme verse, you can take out your message guide. The theme verse of 1 John, which I've been surveying for this whole series, is I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. But for us to know, we have to examine our lives. Remember I've said, don't look back to a a, a decision you made at age 8 or a prayer that you prayed at youth camp at 16. We have to examine our lives today. And that's what 2 Corinthians 13.5 says. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Today's message is a test. It's an experiential test. You know what that means? You feel it. You engage in it. It's not just some cognitive information. It's an actual occurrence in your life. And so we, in this experiential test, we are going to focus on what the Holy Spirit does. See, the activities of the Holy Spirit within each of us authenticate our faith. The Holy Spirit first evidences eternal life by confirming our faith. We're back to 1 John. You know where that is. The back of the Bible. Now, this passage starts with a mention of the Antichrist and other Antichrist. So we begin at chapter 2, verse 18. Dear children, the last hour is here. Now, the last hour refers to the period between Jesus' resurrection and his return. So we're living in the last hour right now. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming. He's referred to as the man of lawlessness. And in other parts of the scripture, you can find references in Revelation. There's also a passage in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 through 10. You might want to read that. He was a, he's a man who will come and lead rebellion against God. And already many such antichrists have appeared. See, there's not only one, there's many among us even now. And these are people who oppose God and His Word. From this, we know that the last hour has come. Can you confirm this in our culture? You see, the opposition to prayer, the opposition to anything biblical... Why would people who claim to be atheists, who have no belief in God, why would they have such hatred for a coach who prays with a player? 
or, or a plastic Mary and Joseph on the courthouse lawn. It doesn't make any sense except that it's, it's the spirit of Antichrist trying to drive out the word and the witness of God because we live in the last hour. Some of these Antichrists were involved in the church. 1 John 2 verse 19. These people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved they didn't belong with us. Now, who were these people? Were they people who belonged to the church? They were. Were they people who professed faith? They were. Were they people who seemed to be followers of Jesus Christ? They were. But their departure proved their faith was not genuine. The truly saved will not abandon Christ. In fact, they will be kept by His grace. See, here's the thing. American Christianity is, uh, I, I acknowledge some facts. James says that's demonic faith. I believe these facts about Jesus. That's why I've spent these last four weeks, today the fifth week, dealing with each of these issues. Because if you're born again, then not only do you have some truth, but some truth has you. And it's undeniable. 1 John 5, 18, Jude 24. Then John states the source of salvation assurance. Continue there in verse 20. But you are not like that. For the Holy One has given you His Spirit. Now the Greek, that's a, that's a reasonable translation. But the Greek actually says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. In the Old Testament, to the Holy Spirit, sometimes we think the Holy Spirit didn't exist until Pentecost, right? Hmm. Holy Spirit exists throughout the Scripture. In the Old Testament, this, there's a reference to anointing with oil. Prophets were anointed, priests were anointed, kings were anointed. And the, the anointing of oil, they used olive oil, was an outward sign of of the inward transforming and empowering work of the Holy Spirit. When we pray at the end of service, we anoint with oil. I think David got some cheap vegetable oil, but it still doesn't matter. It might, it might be olive oil. But, but it's not the oil that's curative. The oil is representative of the curative power of the Holy Spirit working within. And we ask God to empower by His Spirit to heal, to save. John reassured the people he addressed and us by saying they had received the Holy Spirit. Which means we would call that they had been what? They'd been born again. They'd been, you have another word? Regenerated. Saved. All of those are synonymous terms. 
Isaiah 61, 1, 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22. To be saved, to inherit heaven, we must be born again. Now, some of you come from denominational backgrounds where this term isn't familiar. I went to Catholic high school. The idea of the the phrase born again, some of you have Catholic backgrounds. That's not a phrase that you hear. I think probably Anglican churches, Episcopalian churches don't use that as much. There may perhaps some others. But the Bible does use it. The Bible does use it. It's not a Baptist term. We don't care about Baptist terms. We care about biblical terms. Look at John 3. At verse 6. Now this is the passage where Nicodemus is, you know, talking to Jesus. And he wants to know how can you be born again. And, and Jesus said, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. I skipped a verse, didn't you? Humans can reproduce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So you know what this is saying? You can't give birth to spiritual life. Just by praying a prayer, by making a decision, by walking an aisle, by even being baptized. You can't give birth humanly. The Spirit of God births you into the kingdom of God. 1 John 4.13 And God has given us His Spirit as proof. The Greek word is gnosko. It means to know. As proof that we live in Him And he in us. So what's the proof that you know Christ? What is it? The spirit within you. Now you heard about the work of the spirit. In the video testimony of Jimmy Hill. He said that that, that it, it was breathed. As Gene Beckner taught it. That the spirit of God breathed life into him. And that's how intimacy occurred. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Well, how do I know? Well, you sense. That's the part that's experiential. Have you received the Holy Spirit and been born again? Changed. Transformed. The Holy Spirit evidences eternal life By convincing us of truth also. Back to 1 John 2. The latter part of verse 20. The Holy One has given you His Spirit. And all of you know the truth. Again the Spirit means remember an anointing. So I'm writing to you. Not because you don't know the truth. But because you know the truth. The difference between truth and lies. 
Now he's referring particularly to false teaching that's been spread in the church by Antichrist. But we live in a church culture full of a lot of lies as well. A lot of beliefs. and We need to understand that the Holy Spirit reveals all spiritual truth. You don't need to turn there, but look at the board. The screen. John 14, 17 says, He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. John 16, 13 says essentially the same. When the Spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all truth. So in other words, you don't deduce this humanly. These truths have to be birthed in you, revealed to you spiritually. And then it's not that just you acknowledge it. It consumes you. You understand that? You know that, you know that don't you? You remember that day. Then John gave an example of the kinds of lies the Spirit exposes. Verse 22, 1 John 2. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ, that word is the same word as Messiah. Anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. You mean we have antichrist in Simpsonville? That's what it says, isn't it? See, the problem is we, we minimize these issues in our culture. Because our Christianity is a little bit of our identity. The Holy Spirit convinces people that Jesus is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. And this understanding is part of being born again. Denying the Father and the Son doesn't only mean denying that they exist or denying that they are divine. It also means denying that God's Word is true and disputing that it has authority over your life. It's interesting to me how in our culture, there there are not a lot of people, there are some, maybe a rising number, that dispute the reality of Jesus or even his identity. But they claim salvation, but they dispute everything he said about lifestyle. Is that fair? But you only have one source that explains salvation. What is it? Right there. And the same source that tells you how to be saved reveals how to live. First John 2, 23. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. But anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. We live in a culture that's always God, God. I mean, I've seen, I saw some documentary and one of these rock people who pop, who a lot of immorality and on stage and all that. And they're all praying. Oh God. I'm thinking. What kind of God is that? You can't have the father without the son. The son provides the only way to God. 
Well, how can you say that? You're not very tolerant. The only source of truth I have says that. John 14, 6. You can flip there if you have time. 867. Bring your Bibles, remember, if you want to use the same one I'm doing. We sell them cheap out there. Jesus told him, speaking to Philip, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. There are not many paths to God. There is only one. The spiritual insight that we reveal from the indwelling of the Spirit enables us to recognize unbiblical teaching. 1 John 4, verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak for the Spirit, by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. You know, I wish I had a list of every time somebody came to me to tell me what God wanted me to do. I mean, I had someone, when, back when we were way back in the, um, I mean, I've had some weird ones. I mean, some really strange. One woman drove from Atlanta, back when we were in Malden Rec Center. And she had this... Sheet of paper she had written down God's message and she and I touched it and it flew away. I made that last part up. <laughs> but I read it and I respected the woman for driving that far, but you know what? I just said, thank you. I think I still have it in my desk. But you know what? If God wants me to do something, guess what He does? He tells me. So when somebody tells you they're speaking from God for you and smoke start filling the room, check the spirits. I was on a plane about a month ago. And this woman who lives around here was talking about she goes to a church. And she said, you know what? That pastor told me so many things I've never heard. And I grew up in the church. I thought, beware, beware, beware. That's not a good thing. Testing the spirit within a teacher or a preacher includes listening closely to discern if what they are saying is biblical. And I've invited you to be Bereans. Anything I say, you examine. And you discard anything you can't confirm in the scripture. But not only is it listen closely... It's also, or listen carefully, it's also look closely. Because when God calls a man or woman to speak his message, he calls them to a life that's striving to live like Jesus. Not a perfect life. But an effort to become Christ-like. 1 John 2, 6. So beware of people who claim to speak for God, including me. And if you see self-centered, arrogant, egotistical, celebrity-oriented, or even demonic motivations, 
discount it and step away. You're not here to follow me. You're here to follow God. You're not here to learn what Perry thinks. You're here to learn what God says. The two aren't always the same. 1 John 4, verse 2 and 3, verses 2 and 3. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. The people who claim to speak by the Spirit. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person's not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. The Holy Spirit convinces us that Jesus, the fully human, fully divine man, died for our sins and was raised for our justification. And people who deny the truth about Jesus, but also the truth of Jesus... What he speaks, what he says, what he taught are influenced by the spirit of the Antichrist. Now John, remember, all of, everything in the scripture was written to a particular context. And then you, but it, it applies to our context. So John was exposing false teachers in the church that were called Gnostics. Gnostics is to know. It's like this elitism. And they were saying that Jesus only appeared to be human. This was based on a false idea that the material creation was inherently evil. All of creation. That includes our physical bodies. Our flesh is is inherently evil. But they taught that the soul is pure. So Gnostics taught that people could sin with their bodies and the immorality would not affect their souls. An image that was used was that of a pearl. And you could say a pearl, which represented the soul, could be immersed in mud, but the mud wouldn't become part of the pearl. You could just wash it off because the pearl was impermeable. Does that sound familiar? Today, we live in a church culture where there are many professing Christians who are willingly sinning and believing that their immorality doesn't affect their spiritual life or eternal destiny. Is that true? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying you can lose your salvation? Not what I said. It's true that anyone who is truly born again will inherit eternal life even if they sin. That's a fact because Christ died for all sins. But, there's a big but in this room. (laughs) But willing, deliberate immorality and lack of concern for what, how Christ wants us to live evidences a lost person with some religious belief. 
not a saved person with some sin. And if you are claiming my sin doesn't matter, guess which side of the line you are likely on. Because see, we're born again to love Christ. If you love someone, you don't glory in how much you're dishonoring them. 1 John 4, 4 and 5. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory with those people. Because the spirit that lives in you is greater than the spirit that lives in this world. The satanic influence, the demonic influence, the rejection of God's word and of God himself. Because if you reject his word, you reject who he is. You see that? Because the word's the expression of God. If you receive Christ, he doesn't come as Savior and not come as Lord. His identity is to rule in your life. So when you receive him, that's what you get. We don't get a pass into heaven and freedom to live however we want on earth. Makes no sense. These people belong to this world. So they speak from this world's viewpoint. What is our world like? Our world's ever more immoral. Ever more independent from God. Less and less submissive to him. So these people belong to the world. So they speak from the world's viewpoint and the world's values. And the world listens to them. The world loves to hear a, a, a person who identifies himself as a, as a spiritual teacher tell them that they are fine just like they are. Telling people what they want to hear. I want you to, know, I want you to see this verse. 2 Timothy 4.3. It's on 961, but it'll be behind me in a second. For a time is coming, I think it's arrived, when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. And they will reject truth and chase after myths. Back to 1 John 4, 6. And again, he says, but this isn't you. But we belong to God. And those who know God listen to us. If they don't belong to God, they don't listen to us. And that is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. That deception can be from this culture or from self. What spirit's leading your life? Are you led by the spirit of truth? Or are you led by the spirit of deception? Perhaps the spirit of self-deception. The Holy Spirit evidences eternal life also by connecting us to God. 1 John 2, 
verse 24. So you must remain faithful to what you've been taught from the beginning. That's the the, the saving message of Christ's death for sin, but it's also Christ's instruction. If you do, you will remain in fellowship. Remain in fellowship is one Greek word, meno, and it means just to stay in relation, to abide. You know the verses. Some translations say, abide in me or remain in me and I'll remain in you or I'll abide in you. So if you do, if you hold on to what you've taught, what the Spirit has revealed to you, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and the Father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life He promised. You know what that means? That means you're living in the kingdom of God. Not just living in this world and going to church. You got it, Chris? Not just living in this world and going to church occasionally. What kingdom do you reside in? The Holy Spirit enables us to have a personal, experiential relationship with God. Now, since God is spirit, our connection to him must be spiritual. That, that makes sense? Daryl, you got this? It has to be spiritual. The next series we start next Sunday is what God wants for me. And what we're going to do is nine weeks of essentials of the spiritual life. And I urge you to participate. Because you know what? I don't think I have to prove to you we live in an ever-darkening culture. But you are supposed to be the light that combats the darkness. And you're supposed to be the salt that stops the infection and the putrefaction. But you've got to spend some time with God to be salty and to be bright. Our spiritual quality comes from the Spirit of God regenerating us. Jimmy told it so well, didn't he? Gene Beckner, the way Gene Beckner taught it in the class. The Spirit of God blows life into you. Do you remember when the Spirit blew into you? I remember when the Spirit blew into you. And it's that spirit blown into you that enables you to have intimacy with God. Before that, you weren't capable of having intimacy with God. You could go to church, go to some temple, go to whatever faith you want to follow humanly. But see what I'm saying? This isn't something human. This is something supernatural that's happened in you, to you, that enables you to connect with God. And we remain connected with Christ and the Father as the Holy Spirit within us reminds us we are His children. Both Romans and Galatians point out, and I've got the verses on your outline, that by the Spirit we cry out, Abba, Father. You know who your Father is. Aubrey, can anybody tell you I'm not your Father? 
Because it's all the way through you. Evan's in here somewhere. I'd say the same thing to her. But we have to be constantly aware of threats to our fellowship with God. Verse 26 in 1 John 2. I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit. Again, literally the anointing. And He lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. In other words, I'm not teaching you. I'm speaking and the Spirit in you should be confirming what's truth. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what He teaches is true. It's not a lie. So just as He has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. The Holy Spirit provides you discernment. So that you can determine spiritual truth so you will not be led astray. Or wander away from God and His truth. I might misspeak something. I won't intentionally try to deceive, but I might misspeak something. And I ask you, hear the Spirit, don't hear the speaker. We strengthen our relationship with God so that we hear better by spending time in His presence. You cannot know God without time in His presence. There's no shortcut. Like any other relationship with a person. Reading, studying, and obeying His Word. Speaking and listening to God through prayer. You say, I can't hear Him. You know, this transformation prayer that we're doing, it's not counseling. It's just a, a setting where we... Someone helps us hear from God. Fasting to focus our attention on Him. To strengthen our trust in Him. Well, I can't not eat. Fast from media then. Set aside some time where you focus on Jesus Christ. Where you can know what it feels like to be in His presence. 1 John 2 verse 28. And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when He returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from Him in shame. If we live in Christ, if we follow the Spirit's leading, We'll be ready to receive him when he returns. In fact, we will eagerly await his revival. Avival, re, uh, arrival. Galatians 5.25, 1 Corinthians 2.12. That's a telling question, isn't it? Are you ready for Jesus Christ's arrival? I told you next week I begin a new series. What God wants for me. Not from me. For me, essentials of spiritual life, nine-week series. As your pastor, I, I beg of you to participate. We're doing it church-wide, all the way down to children. 
today we, you say, well, I, I need to get moving. I've been stuck. I'm complacent. I'm membership classes in a couple hours right here. Join a church and be faithful. If it's not this one, get one. But, you know, stop being like a butterfly going from flower to flower. 2.30, we'll teach membership class here. And then at 5, small groups and ministry sampler. Let you connect with some other people. Let you find a place to serve. And participate in this next series. The discussion guide is, is in your book. Every week we'll have questions that are in our message guide, tucked in our program. There's extra resources on the website. And there'll be small groups. Like I said, most of the small groups are going to cover this series. And it's just essentials of spiritual growth, of spiritual life. There's also, we'll provide discussion guides for parents. Wouldn't it be great if our children grew up knowing God and could hear His voice? They wouldn't be stumbling around so we stumble into who God is at 25 or 30 or 40 or 70. So here's the soul training question. You bow your heads. I want you to hear from God on this. As you ask yourself, I want you to examine how do I know the Holy Spirit lives in me? Ask God to confirm to you that the Spirit is present. Has your soul been awakened? This is a question. This is a question for you. I don't want to let applause cut off this moment of the Spirit of God being thick and dense. You must answer this question. There's not a more important question in your life. Has your soul been awakened? Have you been born again there'll be counselors here at the front also in the care connection room they're here to pray with you you say I don't know what he's talking about maybe you have a stirring you want someone to pray with you to talk with you to counsel with you we'll have people here at the front you say I've got an illness or I've got a a, a medical test this week and I'm scared it's going to be something bad We'll anoint you with oil. We'll pray for you. God heals. He doesn't heal in every instance. But He heals. Now I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to dismiss the rest of you. But the counselors will be here. And you just come right on. They're going to wait as long as you want. Father God. Awaken our spirits. God, don't let the fact that we've been to church for years and we know the information keep us from experiencing your spirit breathing life into us. Show us where we are spiritually. God, don't leave us outside of your son. Give us that new birth that we might be born again, that we can know you in a personal experiential, intimate way. I pray by the blood of your blessed Son 
that you would move in our midst. That you would save many right now. Amen. Please stack your chairs and you're dismissed.